Play analysis, Devin Nash be on the mic, so you know it's hella lit. Better plug your headphones in on Apple Podcasts, and we up on Spotify. Ooh, on Anchor too, no parachute, we so fly. We talking sports and music, what's the newest in that culture? Better stream, yeah, you better tune in. It ain't gonna cost ya. We talking sports and music, what's the newest? Got exclusives, yeah, we do this play by play. Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it. So, man, I gotta tell y'all, before we actually start the show, Brittany brought something to my attention this week that I think the audience ought to be aware of. Did you know until 1974, it was illegal to be ugly in the city of Chicago? A man can Like, how do they enforce that? Like, is this a paper bag test? Like, they probably had a meter, like a scale. It was like a range. It's like if you was on this side of the scale, you know, you might have to wear a hood or a bag in public, you know. Like that episode, uh, and of, if you was, that episode of Family Guy where he was trans yeah. and they held the okay, not okay. Yeah. <laughs> they had checkpoints at every highway and all that. That's crazy. That's crazy. But welcome to all the ugly people, all the pretty people, whoever listening. Welcome to you. Happy 4th of July holiday weekend if you celebrate. I don't because America's musty. But this is the play-by-play analysis podcast. It's your boy Devin Ashby, SKA play-by-play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. And we got the band back together. Brendan, Ricardo, what's going on, y'all? You, what's good? And Tay in the background, too. So shout out to her. Um... (laughs) But yeah, you know, it's National Cookout Day around here. That's that's the only reason I said I'm here for the ribs, which is going to be the name of the episode anyway. Um, but we're also here for some chaos because clearly so was USC and UCLA. Obviously, they had different intentions when they woke up on Friday, June 30th. They chose violence in the highest order by deciding to move to the Big Ten. Shocking everybody, but especially their their fellow Pac-12 mates or whatever you want to call them. So gentlemen, I I want y'all's reactions when you saw the news. What did you think? I think it was a dumb move. I think, me personally, I thought the Big 12 was a more realistic option for Pac-12 schools to move into because most of the schools in the Big 10 are situated on the eastern side of the United States, if not the East Coast. Um, so, like, travel costs. I mean, I know Power 5 schools have the money for travel costs, but it's like, like, how? what is this making easier? Like, what are we doing? Also, of the top teams in the Big 10, who is USC and UCLA beating? I don't know about UCLA, but I know for a fact USC, regardless of what you think, because I remember we had this conversation, USC absolutely at least in recruiting, can keep up with Ohio State and Michigan Ohio State just signed the two number one wide receivers for the next two recruiting classes at the same time 
<laughs> USC got the number one for the next two after Caleb transferred there. Lincoln it Riley is on the hole in right now. You can have a quarterback, but when your defense can't stop a leak, even if they had a patch, you just can't. There's nothing you can do about it. This kind of also, like, can't nobody stop nobody. Who can't stop who? Did you see Georgia? Did you see Alabama? Th- those were generational Did you see Clemson? defenses. Those were generational defenses. That's different. It don't. It don't matter. Defense wins championships. The Pac-12 is the only conference where they say we just want to see who's first to sixty-five. Okay, yeah. whatever happens, happens. We just try and get to sixty-five, and hopefully, you only have sixty-four. And the Big Twelve all is like that too, because the Big Twelve, the they Big be Twelve is like that too. Big Twelve You're football right. teams be scoring more than they. That's why I said it makes the most sense for the Pac-12 to merge with the Big Twelve because you got schools that are like you. Why are you going to the Big Ten? We're at at best, you'll probably finish fourth. But I just don't know. You really tell me that they can't beat out Michigan and Michigan it, State? But you got to think about it, too, though, Devin. It's not just a, Now, talent-wise, I think USC can compete. I think they can score. But I think they can score with anybody from, what, September to about October. But November, traveling to Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah, that's true. Is, yeah. Like from compared to Southern California, I think that's going to make a huge difference. Even even a team like Wisconsin, you going up to you going to go up to Wisconsin in the freezing cold, probably snowing, and just try to and try to stop the run game. All they do is run. Imagine going to Iowa in November and trying to stop triple option or triple I football. It's going. It's going to win. They probably have never seen a fullback in their lives. I was about to say them boys, them California boys, going to get off that plane in December and be like, "Oh, wait a minute." <laughs> Can you imagine playing Hell? Iowa in November at Iowa, and you from Southern California? Right, ain't never seen, never snow. seen snow before in your life. They never bought a winter TV, coat, <laughs> and you now you in some snow. <laughs> Imagine, no, even worse than that, at least you can play yourself up to Iowa or Michigan or Ohio State in December. Imagine you got to travel to Rutgers in the dead of winter. Yeah. You know, at least Michigan, whatever, it's like, okay, it's cold, but at least. Minnesota. Minnesota. Golden Gophers. Oh, my God. Moose Lake. You're going to be on Moose Lake in the winter. In damn. Trying to stop the running game. Damn near the border of damn Canada. <laughs> in December, <laughs> that is, try to stop the run. Not even the pass. The run. They gonna reconsider. Really, you thought Oregon was bad. You thought it rained a lot in Washington. Wait till you get to Lake Minnetonka in the middle of December. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. He, he had to bring Minnetonka. In. You know, on the waters and shores of Lake Minnetonka. In the middle of December. No, it's, this is this is nasty business by everybody involved. Exactly. If the if the, if and UCLA the, gonna put the emphasis in the L because they they gonna be lucky if they finish like eight in the Big Ten. UCLA gonna be like, you see that L? Hey, <laughs> wait, hold up. Now, if football, yeah, but like Carter was saying, I feel like UCLA was way more about basketball. I think. And they're a blue blood in basketball. Exactly. Basketball and all the blue bloods are in the Big Ten for the most part. I mean, aside from Duke and North Carolina, 
like all the and Kentucky, yeah, all the other blue bloods like Indiana, Iowa, pretty much all the schools Florida? you'll see. Uh, yeah, they're and blue. How would I consider Iowa a blue blood? Indiana, yeah, not Iowa. Florida's blue. I don't know how much blood, but. but but come on, let's look at the blue blood definition. It's like a school that historically is just wins. Like they're in the winningest programs of all time. They're they just win historically. I think it's more about. I think it's more than just winning. I think there's brands involved. Like North Carolina and Duke are brands. Kansas, Kentucky, they're brands. UCLA. But North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky all historically just win. They don't lose in basketball. That's true. That's true. Well, how do you think the brand gets kinda, established? You know, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess you got a point there. I guess you got a point there. But UCLA is a blue blood, but they've been a lot more blue than blood lately. You know, in, yeah. in football in particular, basketball they've got it because they just went to a Final Four and then Sweet Sixteen. So, so they got it in basketball. Like that's that's the. This move was for the money-making sports. We noticed. Because for, for whatever reason, I did not realize that the Big 12, I mean Big 12, I didn't realize the Big 10 had as much power as it does. Like, we all know about the SEC, thanks to Alabama. <clears throat> um, but the Big 10, I didn't realize they were number two. I always felt like the Big 12 had more. But I guess because all of the Big 12 teams left to go to the Big 10. Yeah, they got money. Because <laughs> remember. Maryland left. In the 80s and 70s, it was the Big 12, like Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, all that. All them schools left, <laughs> and so I guess the Big 12 started losing its power. Pac-12 always been trash. ACC was trash up until the old Big East got dissolved, and then they added Miami and West Virginia and Clemson and Virginia Tech. But ACC was trash for the longest, and then, you know, this... You know the you know the best part about this move to me, y'all. Washington D.C. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, cause cause for the longest time we have been Big Ten, like all the DMV athletes are going up to Michigan and Ohio State and Rutgers and pretty much up and down this East Coast, right? Imagine right. wise high school alumni running up and down in Southern California. <laughs> That's the part. DC about to tap into a new minefield that I don't know if they had before. I mean, USC is tapping into a new minefield that I don't know if they had before. Like, yeah, yeah. Caleb Williams is there now, but like Jordan Addison is there now, but like those two were Oklahoma and Pittsburgh guys before. It wasn't like Lincoln recruited them. Well, That's, Lincoln recruited Caleb, but yeah. Because you got to control your demographic. You got to control your uh, geography and your demographics because like wherever you are obviously you gotta control your state so they're a California team but then you also gotta control the area that you're playing in the Big Ten which Brandon was saying is mostly up north or midwest so you're gonna start recruiting that area too to get those guys so you can compete yeah, cause you, I ain't gonna lie them USC and UCLA they're gonna have to get some guys that used to playing in the cold yeah, right. and DC them got them guys in Ohio. We got them guys because it's like now you can go into kids' living room. Imagine some big beefy white boy playing offensive line in in the state of Indiana or in Minnesota. Imagine you go to Lake Minnetonka to get the number one offensive lineman in the country. You can sit here and actually tell him, "Do you really want to play 
in Minnesota in the dead of winter, or do you want to come over down here to LA, where it's right. sunny and palm trees and, and and some nice beautiful women? Because that's gonna be in the pitch too. We know that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know. Oh shoot, they're gonna pull a Bobby Petrino on this job. They, they sure hell are. Y'all seen? Uh, <laughs> y'all seen? What's that movie called with Ray Allen? Uh, he got game. Yeah, y- y'all saw that recruiting trip. That's how it's about to be. Exactly how it's about Rick to be. Rick Pitino. Mm-hmm. Rick Pitino was studying that joint. I have no recollection whatsoever. Yeah. Y'all think Lincoln uh, in on that Rick Pitino? Please, let's let's be real here. Lincoln Pitino. <laughs> but really, this a, Cardo, to your point though, is the the biggest part of recruiting which gets lost now because it's not as reasonable as it used to be. You got to control your own backyard, and I think USC saw they were tired of losing guys in their own backyard to Alabama and Oklahoma and all these things. Like, right. there's no reason Bryce Young should not be at USC. Right. There's no reason it's DJ Lele should ever have walked out of the uh, of the freaking state of California to go down to play at Clemson. Like, those, those things can't happen. Bryce Young is from Pasadena. There's no reason he shouldn't be playing over at UCLA. There's no sure. reason. <laughs> what the hell is he doing down in, in cousin fucking Alabama? I mean, never mind. But he, like, he said cousin fucking Alabama. Oh my god! There is no reason that you should ever let a kid from Pasadena out of the state. Yeah, that's true. Like that should never happen. Now you got your you gain some ground back in recruiting. It's all, the name of the game in college is recruiting. We know this. Y'all know this. Y'all was athletes. You know, so that that's yeah. that's that's cool. You know who got to pack it up now, though? Maryland, Rutgers. Yeah, I mean they never. You, it was hopes. I mean they still got, they still have high hopes because of Loxley. But I mean, at the same time, it's like when when you when you entered the Big Ten, there was big hopes. Like, all right, in five years, we're going to be able to compete. Now, basketball wise, they, they were it. able yeah. for a little bit, but it's. It's still up and down. Like we, like we could, we compete. I think they're good enough to compete basketball. So that's kind of what's keeping them in the Big Ten. Yeah. Plus, you got schools like Northwestern in there. They've already been in the Big Ten, obviously. Yeah, you got packed but up too. You not really, you not really gonna kick teams out the Big Ten. I mean, once you win, you win. No, not like I have a not now, hypothetically, out, hypothetically, hypothetically, with the recent reports of Florida State and Clemson moving to the SEC. If I was Maryland, I would go back to the ACC because ACC is still a Power Five conference, and Clemson gone, Florida State gone, it's wide open. So if you can recruit and get some dogs in there, it's up for grabs. But remember, you talked about it. You talk. We had co- casual conversations about it on why Maryland left the big left ACC in the first place. That niggas was bankrupt. So if you go, if you go back, you probably ain't really gonna be financially. I, I mean, unless they financially stable now, you probably gonna be in that same situation. Because with Clemson and Florida State leaving, ain't nobody to play. Yeah, I was about to say, ain't no way he was bankrupt when he was there. But here, but, but here's my thing, guys. Here's why I say. Here's why I say hypothetically. Now, I don't see it happening, but hypothetically, <laughs> winning generates money. True. You win a bunch of games, you pack out the stadium, you get more sponsors, you get more exposure. But now it's Clemson, TV money. Now. Clemson, but come on, but let's talk, guys. Even though Maryland is nowhere close to Clemson, 
and we know that, and they probably never will be, <laughs> and we know that. Well, let's just be real. Clemson is in the weakest, probably the third, not the third weakest, probably, yeah, I'd say the third weakest conference in the Power Five, of the Power Five. The worst is probably Pac-12. Oh, and I'm not talking about in terms of revenue. I'm talking about in terms of competition and a solid complement of good teams. Which in turn is revenue. <laughs> yeah. So we'll probably say Pac-12 is worst. Big 12 is probably... No, I'll say ACC before Big 12. Then I'll say Big 12. But Clemson showed that even in a subpar week conference, as long as you winning, you're going to get some money. Sure. You're going to get some exposure. And... It, it's, it's all about winning. So that's, that's what I said. I think that's part that's of the, the issue. Go ahead. But I'm saying, we know Maryland can't hang in the Big Ten. It's been proven. No matter how good of a, how hot they start. Remember the one year they started off 4-0 and and finished the season 4-6 or something like that? That was the whole thing. Or 5-6 or something like that? They had us fooled. Every year when the first five games, Maryland looked good and everybody, it's, it's the same okey-doke every year. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the year. And then they play the real schools. They play Ohio State and then they play <laughs> Michigan. And then it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's come on right now. They said the real schools, though. <laughs> yeah, they, they beat Rutgers and West Virginia and got y'all fooled because they hung 50 on them while giving up 36 and got y'all right. fooled. This is going to be a year. And everybody hype. Go Terps. Then they play Penn State and reality hits. <laughs> and then they play all <laughs> they play Ohio State and reality steps in. Again, then the dead of winter come and they play Michigan and it's like, all right, let's just get the basketball. Yeah, exactly. And the next thing I said, the ACC, other than Clemson, Wake Forest, NC State, who who else is there? In ACC, Pitt won, Pitt won the ACC one year. You said you said who, name them teams again. I said other than Clemson, Wake Forest, and NC State, who else is there? If we're talking blue bloods, how are you just going to overlook the entire state of Florida? I'm not talking about blue bloods. I'm talking about what have you done for me lately? In the ACC, yeah, in the Miami, last 10 Miami years. Won a, Miami won the ACC in, in the last 10 years. Okay, in the last five years. <laughs> what has anyone in the ACC done besides Clemson, NC State, and Wake Forest? It won one year. And let's be honest, like half the team reclassified and came back. So it was a bunch of seniors. And they had the compliment of playing an injured Clemson. Um, injured or just trash? Because Clemson was trash. Injured. Because we can talk about it. I'll put you like this. Two of our three starter safeties, season-ending injuries. Three of our five starting D linemen, season-ending injuries. One of our starting linebackers, season-ending injuries. And then COVID hit after that. So now we got red shirts and third stringers that probably wasn't even going to touch the field until garbage time starting. Oh, the whole season was garbage time for Clemson. Um, the, You're right. It was. <laughs> but the point know, is, was and we still hung tough what, with half the teams we lost to. That's, the that's, only team that blew, actually, no team actually blew us out. Pitt beat us by what, 10 points? I don't even remember. That was the largest, that was the largest 
loss we had. NC State beat us in overtime. Georgia beat y'all pretty bad. Georgia beat us by seven points. And if DJ Uy Ungalale doesn't throw that pick six, the game probably never ends because both defenses were playing lights out. Well, I will say college overtime makes it that it would have ended. It's not like the NFL. Where I understand. Play. It's just exaggeration. <laughs> the point <laughs> is, it would have it would have broke the record for most overtimes because nobody was going to score. Right, nobody was scoring. That would have been the ugliest defensive game. The possible. final score was going to be like twelve to nine. It was going to be Which a missed field goal. That won the game because no one was scoring touchdown. But yeah. Hey, that was like the LSU Alabama game, though. From like 20. nine six, and they called it the game of the century. That was so yeah. interesting. The game of the, the the game of the century was a nine six total. That was that, that really was, shows you how defense really wins championships. Well, that shows you the emphasis back then was on defense because then the same two Alabama and LSU and Joe Burrow and two over there. That True. was the real game of the century. That was a shootout. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's That was like 48 to 33 or something like that. Yeah, I'm like, this is a new era in the SEC. SEC used to be stop everybody just because. Now it's score every critical possession. Like, I was just, just like, you know, it's crazy. We're going to make them think we suck. And then when they close their eyes, we're going to hang 20 on them. And it's going to be a game. <laughs> right. Because even Alabama, like, as good as their defense is, it still ain't your traditional Alabama defense. Like, they're not shutting. Well, they are because the rest of the SEC is terrible. But. I'm not even going to lie. The last national championship Alabama went to where they actually shut their opponent down was probably like 2011. Yeah. When they beat Notre Dame. Yeah. Other than that, that was twenty twelve. Because twenty eleven, they they held LSU to six points. Okay, <laughs> so that was twenty twelve. They didn't score twenty twelve. But yeah, twenty like that again. Twenty thirteen, Florida State won. Twenty fourteen, they got up. They got fifty hung on from by Florida by Ohio State. Uh, that was Oregon. They got hung fifty on by Ohio State. Uh, that was twenty fourteen. Yeah. Twenty thirteen, they didn't even make it. Yeah. Uh. 2015, Clemson they beat Clemson, but it was it was a shootout, and it took an onside kick for them to regain momentum. Um, 2016, Clemson won. 2017, Clemson won again. Alabama, no, Alabama beat Georgia. 2018, Clemson won. Yeah. 2019, LSU won. Alabama 
or it was Penn State. Y'all right? remember that? That was like Jim Harbaugh's first year at Michigan or second year at Michigan. One of those. Was it Rutgers or was it Penn State that they hung fifty on? Just no, it was Rutgers. They beat Rutgers like seventy-seven to like seven or something like that. I think. <laughs> like oh, that. Yeah, it was like sixty-two to seven. Something crazy. I'm like, no, it was like in the seventies. The final score was like seventy-seven to like seven. Oh yeah, it was bad. At least I remember that. At least Rutgers was good in the Big East. <laughs> the Big East folded in football, though. It's only a basketball conference now. Right, right. Oh, I know that. That's the other thing, too. <laughs> like, what happens with Notre Dame? When are they going to stop the foolishness? You know, they. I realized I actually was at work and was watching like them talk about it because, you know, they, they've been talking about this pretty much the last few days. Notre Dame effectively holds the key for, like, anybody else joining because everybody's waiting to see what their football program is going to do. But it, the thing is, like, even though they're independent in football, the rest of the conference is in the ACC, and technically they all have to leave together. Right. That's what I was saying the other day. So it's But like, my thing is, I think Notre Dame should join the ACC for football. They might as well. <laughs> like, they might as well. Like I feel like they're especially than if Clemson and um, Florida State leave. Who's beating them? Nobody. But that's exactly. It's about, I think it's about now. It's about money, and I Notre Dame makes their own with that NBC money. But yeah, like, it's Bro, also but a case of why in the Big Ten. Let's be real, guys. In the Big Ten, they're not beating Ohio State. We'll find out week one. Then I, I, I'm putting it on you right now. <laughs> if Ohio State does not beat them 59 to like 35, I'm going to be pissed off because Ohio State is unstoppable this year on offense. And the reports from the little scouts and the pro people is that they've gotten light years better defensively this year too. He said from the so now they reloaded on offense. You said what? He said from them little scouts and pro people. You know whatever they talk about. Yeah, they reloaded on offense, and they got better on defense. So, I think Ohio State is going to be in the college football playoff once again. Who's like who's stopping them this year? They got a juggernaut on offense. Yeah, I like I see I like CJ Stroud. I like and and Notre Dame is. I don't take Notre Dame seriously because they don't beat the teams that are just as good as them. Their only decent win in the last five years was Clemson, and that was without Trevor Lawrence. And then the same year when Trevor Lawrence did play, they only scored three points and lost by 27. And they probably so, could have lost to DJ because he took it to overtime. It wasn't like they beat their asses. So, exactly. You got to so, over here defending Notre Dame. Right? Who are they? I was about to say. <laughs> Who are they going to beat in the Big Ten? My other reason, I, I can see them beating Michigan. I can see them beating Wisconsin. But other than those two teams, okay, I'm talking about the good teams. Let's talk about the of the the six good teams. I mean, in the Michigan. Big Ten. If we're talking Big Ten, Michigan is within the fabric. No, I know. That's why I said I, they beat Michigan. I can see them beating Michigan. They actually did beat Wisconsin, but that's because Wisconsin didn't have a quarterback. And if you stop the running game, you're going to beat Wisconsin because their defense the can only. You said what? <laughs> they knocked them out of the game. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, if you if you stop the running game, Wisconsin's not beating you unless you give them the game. I mean, at the same time though, 
at the same time, I get what you're saying, Brendan. But if you could beat majority of the teams in the conference, it's fine. Like I think, I think Notre Dame could survive the Big Ten. It's just like you said, they're not beating the top tier team. They're not taking down Ohio State anytime soon, in my opinion. Or and they go, they probably gonna bump with Michigan every once in a while. But plus, the rivalry <laughs> games are already there if they join the Big Ten. They 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 played Michigan before. That used to be a rivalry before. Yeah. My thing is, guys, I hear y'all. I don't play disagree USC with y'all. Already. But remember, the objective is to make the playoff. Oh, yeah. And they're not expanding the playoff. So why are you going to join a conference where you can't beat the top-tier teams? If they join the ACC, they're automatically at the top, especially if Clemson and Florida State leave. True, true. Like, who's stopping them? That's what I'm saying. Like, strength of schedule is probably going to be an asterisk every year. But it's like, as long as we don't lose, we're in the playoff. I think yeah. we we kind of misunder. I think we underestimate what the objective is. Like the, the the playoff is a nice like that's a nice smoke screen. But in the end of the day, the, the name of the game as an athletic director is to make money. That's what we here for. Yes, you ain't making money. Again, guys, like, winning you ain't making and money making the playoff generates the revenue. They gonna be a, they gonna get a New Year's New Year's excuse me New Year's Six Bowl regardless, but. I, I, I get what you're saying too, Devin, because um, I, I can see what Brendan's saying, excuse me, because yeah, they'll probably make additional money with the Big Ten, but you, like you already said, Devin, they're in, they have that NBC contract locked in, so their, their revenue ain't really going anywhere. Yeah, regardless the of the game is TV deals now. TV revenue yeah. is where it's at. That's why they're all joining, because the Big Ten got this new TV contract, and they about to cash out. Oh, okay. USC okay. wants in on that. UCLA wants in on that. You know, and the money making. My thing is, again, like you said, at the end of the day, it is about money. But what brings the money? Winning. And we talk about football. We forget about basketball. Like football is the main one that everybody's looking at because it's coming up right now. But for basketball, USC, UCLA, Notre Dame—they're gonna fit in just fine in the Big Ten. It's archaic. I mean. They are, but I'm not even gonna lie. To me, the top, the top perennial conference in basketball, in my opinion, is the ACC. Yeah, yeah. So Notre Dame's already in the ACC for basketball, which is why. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's no, it doesn't make sense for them to go anywhere but the ACC. In the COVID year, you joined the ACC because you couldn't be an independent. It would be funny though if they. You said you said Big Twelve, Cardo. Basketball, yeah, they got the best basketball conference to me. Uh, other than Kansas, teams. who who be making it out of the Big Twelve? In Kansas, uh, uh, consistently, consistently. Baylor. I'm, I'm speaking because I got you. I'm talking about consistently because you got you got Baylor, you got Texas Tech. They're consistent. Um, you have um, what's the name? Iowa State. They're well, I guess Iowa State. They streaky. They'll have their moments. Oklahoma State is consistent. And that's West about Virginia, it. But ACC and the ACC. Now, if you talk about the last five years, uh, the only three teams really that have been consistent, I would say North Carolina, Duke, and UVA. Then, then every once in a while, Virginia Tech is good. Every once in a while, Florida State is good. Every once in a while, you have those teams, but NC State every once in a while too. But they're now the top three. I'll say the top three though. North Carolina, Duke, and UVA, they get it done. Like, they're better than the Big 12, but top to bottom, I would take the Big 12. Yeah, if we're talking athletically, it's the Big 12. 
But I mean, we can say that about any conference. True. Yeah, but no, 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 the ACC in particular is archaic. They still believe, and the Big Ten, especially. Actually, no, Big Ten is real archaic. They they still believe in two bigs, a, 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 a wing, and two athletic <laughs> distributed point guards that can't score. I need five passes, guys. Five passes. Five Before passes. We shoot. Five passes. Run the clock down. And win the game 56-48. He got a wide open three. Coach said, it hasn't been five passes. Is that when do we practice that? Right. When do we practice Step that? Back, fade away. Do we practice that? Have you played that shot? When? Have you, do you practice that shot? When, when do we do that? Coach, but I was wide open. Did you make your five passes? <laughs> Did you make... Your five passes. All their coaches have been. Tom Izzo has been coaching since they used typewriters. Right. And that's the last time he won a championship. They were still using typewriters. Why he don't leave? What is he waiting for? Because Izzo left. I mean, not Izzo. Uh, Coach K left. Roy Williams left. What is Tom Izzo waiting for? What's he trying to do? Who is he? What's he trying to prove that you can still? He wants to win one more ring. He ain't won in twenty years. Pack it up. Pack it up. He's gotten close, though. I won't no, lie. Michigan hasn't. State. Yeah, Michigan State has been to a couple Final Fours in the last ten years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they did stuff. beat Zion. They beat Zion that one year. Shot be good. He don't. He don't have it. I don't he know. He can't recruit. He don't. He don't. He. Don't. That's the other part. But you keep. He refuses to recruit. The way we recruit today, he doesn't want to recruit one and duns. And yeah. it's like yeah. one or two. It's not. But, I don't know if he doesn't or if he just can't. Like it, it just seems like it's difficult for him to do. Well, if he's archaic, then he probably doesn't. Because yeah, you know, you, we see what happens when people don't abide with the times. You see Dabo, you see Nick. <laughs> Even though Nick about, which is funny because Nick always adopts. So I don't know why he's acting the way he's been acting. You know, he put his facade on for his good old boys. Oh yeah, that's well. No, he's warning us. Do y'all really want it to be like this? Because we can play if y'all want. That's what Nick was telling everybody. He's like, do y'all really want it? That he's, if y'all listen to him and his tone, it's more of a warning. It's not him complaining. <laughs> it's, it's way more of a warning. He's like, do y'all really want us? To, y'all really want a college football world where you can pay for the highest, you can pay the highest bidder for a recruit? Is that really what y'all want? Is this college football that we want? He's telling y'all what he's going to do over the next ten years, and if y'all don't be careful. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's telling. It's not. I hate this. It's more of y'all gonna hate me. True. <laughs> like Alabama. He, he did the same thing. Remember, he did the same thing when college turned into shootouts every week. When quarterbacks and they were just running spread offenses, and Alabama was still stuck in the Stone Age running with fullbacks. And Nick Saban's like, "Is this really what we want college football to be?" I light you up, whatever, and then he started recruiting Tua and Jalen Hurts and Bryce Young and <laughs> and and Mac Jones. Like he's warning y'all is what he's doing. That's that's what that is. But we say all that to say that this move is going to be huge. The Big Ten college football in twenty twenty four is going to be adventurous because remember Oklahoma and Texas then moved to the U to the SEC now. You know. Because it ain't crowded enough down there. We Clemson. It would be funny if Notre Dame moved to the ACC and Clemson decides, you know what, we're leaving. And then Notre Dame in football is like, what the fuck? 
you know, it would just be crazy. Any last thoughts on this uh, expansion, y'all? No, blame Oklahoma and Texas. And the TV deals, too. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> Shout out Cooper and Kodak, y'all. Right. Cooper and Kodak. Cooper. <laughs> you know, everybody got words on this. Brent, any final words? Nah, I'm good, man. And congratulations. You played yourself, USC and UCLA. You sure the hell did. You got to go to Yeah, I did all that to finish fifth in conference. And every go year. to Lake Minnetonka in December. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Hope it's, your canoe works. Hope your canoe works. Hope, hope your heater works. That, that, that's what I hope. Right? You, think, you think a forest fire is bad? Not forest fire, Lord. You think wildfires in, in June are bad? Wait till you go to Northwestern in the dead of December in the middle of one of those snowstorms. You're going to wish you had wildfires. <laughs> it's just only you can prevent wildfires. No, only you can prevent the cold. You should have stayed over there. You know, that's, that's, that's my final thing. Hey guys, it's your boy Devin Ashby, SKA Play by Play, asking you to like and subscribe, but also to spread the word about my new book, PG vs. MoCo, a memoir of high school football in the shadow of the nation's capital. The state of Maryland has produced some of the top names in college football and the NFL, from private school sensations like Trayvon Diggs and Chase Young, to the public schools that are responsible for Joe Hayden, Navarro Bowman, Sean Merriman, Trayvon Diggs, and Jake Funk, to name a few. This book is a collection of interviews and personal accounts from journalists, coaches, fans, and former and current players from public schools in two of Maryland's most prominent counties, Prince George's and Montgomery, that aims to tell our story and raise awareness on what's brewing in the area we affectionately call the DMV. I would appreciate it if you all could support by purchasing a copy on Amazon and spreading the word to friends and family. Thank you all for your love and support, and be sure to like and subscribe. We have reached my favorite part of the show. It's something I like to call Big Time Plays of the Day, dedicated to all the craziest stories this week. And obviously, the sports world just decided to choose violence at every turn because NBA free agency is one of the craziest times of year on the calendar in an otherwise boring point part of the sports calendar so this year the NBA decided to choose violence specifically the two foremost senior members of the Brooklyn Nets um, if, if it wasn't ridiculous enough Kevin Wayne Durant decided after signing his deal a year ago he saw whatever happened with Kyrie Irving and he decided you know what Y'all can have it. I'm good. He demanded a trade. Now, all hell broke loose after that. Well, I will say that I think Kyrie knew this was going to happen, which is why he signed his deal with the Nets, because it was going to be hard for them to trade him without him opting into his contract. Because um, no one wanted to do a sign-in trade. Um, because no one wants to pay Kyrie. So, and it was a smart money move for him because the only team that really had interest in him was only willing to pay him the veteran minimum, which is $6 million. Right. So he would have lost $30 million if he left Brooklyn without signing. 
And that's the other so, thing. You ain't going to tell me. We're going to keep ragging on California until Octavia says something. You ain't going to tell me <laughs> that I'm moving to California for $30 million less with them taxes? Yeah, hell no. And nah. that cost a little? <laughs> hell yeah. no. Give me $47 million. Yes. Yeah, we're going to go right through Utah. Dare to be and different. just fly over there. Right. We're going to go right to Utah. Just to play third yep. fiddle to LeBron and Anthony Davis's made of wet paper ass? No. Uh-uh. Now, <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both came out and said publicly that they still want to play together. That they just don't want to do it in Brooklyn. That's it's, cute. It's not happening. Yeah. You know, they can be butt buddies. Off like what? Yeah. But they said the problem is with this whole situation. They're for anybody to get both of them, let alone one of them, it's going to have to be a three to four team trade. And the reason they say that is because no team has enough picks or enough cap room to really make an, a trade offer you can't refuse. Oklahoma City got 10 first round picks in two years. They could easily but walk up here. Here's and say, the problem, Devin. <laughs> here's the problem, Devin. Even though Brooklyn has no first-round picks right now, if they trade Kyrie and Kevin Durant, they have no players either. So they don't need just picks. They uh-huh. need some actual players. Yeah. And you know Because you can't probably- just go into a... Because here's the thing. If you get all picks, you're going to be in rebuild for the next 10 years. That might be who, wants to, anyway. who wants to do a 10-year rebuild with a second-year coach? That is true. <laughs> Who they did that is a on. sticky, messy situation that no one wants to be in. This is the so they need that's more right. than just picks. They need players. And right now they have neither. Because if they trade Kevin Durant and Kyrie, remember, they traded all their first-round picks for the next four years to the Rockets for James Harden. James Harden's gone. So if they trade Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they're going to get some of those first-round picks back, but now they have no players. Then the other- So who's going to... They're literally going to be eighth every year for the next 10 years. The other part of this that people that I've learned recently is Ben Simmons makes things even worse. You know, imagine that. Gee, that's surprising. Um, he one missed shot from a permanent back spasm. No, but not even just that. They said because he signed, it's a contract, like a veteran extension designation or something. I forgot what they call it. He's a, or no, rookie designation for an extension or some type it's a special type of contract that you get that you sign basically when you were still on your first contract him because he's on the Nets roster currently there are certain players by by rules of the CBA that you cannot trade for and apparently one of them is Bam Adebayo who if he wants to go to the Heat you can't include Bam in a trade if he wants to go why because you can't have two rookie designated players on the same roster, according to whatever CBA they came up with. I don't know why they came up with that, but that 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 throws a further wrench in things. So, like, if he wants to go to the Heat and they try to ask for Bam, you can't do that unless you trade Ben somewhere else. Well, Ben not getting no more trades. Ben don't even have – Ben is strictly in prove-it mode. He can't ask for nothing. He probably got to ask to eat because, honestly – Y'all know old school people. You don't work, you don't eat. What have you done? Been eating. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably going to have to ask for his next meal, if we be honest. He can't ask for nothing. Danny, can I go to the bathroom? No, nigga. No, shoot some shots. Shoot a free throw. Who would have thought? If you make 10 free throws, you can go to the bathroom, Ben. It's so funny to me to have Ben Simmons and Kyrie on the same team. Who would have thought that taking a shot? Not for long. 
Who would have thought that the lack of taking a shot would have derailed the Brooklyn Nets this far? Both on the hey. court and off. Ben on, Kyrie off. Kyrie won't take a shot according to the state of New York. Ben wouldn't take a shot on the court. Wouldn't even suit up, you know. And it derailed the entire Nets organization. The Nets just keep getting themselves into this mess every time. Remember the great train? They gonna go down, bro. They really gonna go down as the biggest what if in basketball history for the third time in the decade. <laughs> they could go down as the biggest what if in basketball. History, For the third time in the decade, remember the the, the the great train heist when they got Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and signed Derrick Williams and they thought they were doing something and they gave that haul to Boston who turned it into Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. And the Nets, old-ass Kevin Garnett and old-ass Paul Pierce got bounced out of the playoffs and they all retired. Then we thought that they came back and had the greatest big three ever assembled. They played a grand total of 22 games together. James Harden was too busy in the strip clubs in New York. And and Kevin Durant be whining too much. And Kyrie Irving just wants to be contrarian for no reason and just be out there taking PTO. But here's my thing, though. If, let's be honest. <laughs> it's just like, what is going they on? They said... And this is why, in my opinion, this is also the biggest what if in basketball history. They said in the over the last two and a half years, in the twenty-two games that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden played in together, they were undefeated. I don't know about all that. They were. If anything, they lost one game. Yeah, they they didn't. I don't think they lost together. Yeah, they were undefeated. It were, they were like twenty-two and zero. When James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving all played. I got to go back and look at that one. But, yeah, yeah. So, they they never lost. They were like that when all three of them played. As they should have been. (laughs) No, exactly. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm just saying. In my mind, that's what if. (laughs) That's what they signed up for when they traded for all three of them. Well, they didn't trade for all three of them. But when Um, they traded for Harden, that's what they expected. Was for them to be this unbeatable force. But we all forget that personalities are play as much of the, into an NBA locker room as actual fit. Like, not every fit is good just because we all play well. Like, we've seen super teams, especially in today's NBA, super teams aren't guaranteed to win anymore. Like, when the last super team that really was effective, Golden State, and then they got rid of KD and they still were good. You know, LeBron tried to build his old-ass team this year. We saw how that worked out. You know, like, the super team really ain't what we think it is anymore. Like, it's just way too many talented dudes in the NBA now. To to your credit, I mean, to y'all place on the KD thing, I mean, to, to the Brooklyn thing in general, mm-hmm. I think that, Ky- I, I don't think KD's going anywhere unless Kyrie, until they trade Kyrie, because Brooklyn came out and said that they're willing to sell the house. I mean, give up both KD and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be solely on Kyrie because you want to, the, the sole purpose of getting rid of KD is because you got to let Kyrie walk. So once Kyrie goes, now they're more open to trading Kevin Durant. But KD, KD's trade proposal is it as strong because he can because he controls his own destiny as far as who he wants to play with? And he already said that he wants to play with Miami or Phoenix. And 
And Brooklyn said the Phoenix contract, I mean, the Phoenix talks start with D-Book. And you know D-Book's not going nowhere. Then Miami. Rookie designation thing. So he can't can't, get it. He said he wants Bam, Jimmy Butler, and um, Kyle Lowry to all be there. Outside of that, the only trade asset they really have is Tyler Hero. So you're not, so it's not really, KD's, I I mean, now I know Utah is somewhere that could be, uh, so, somewhere that he could go, but they don't have anybody to offer besides Don Mitchell, and he's not going anywhere either. So KD is kind of like KD. no, they are. I agree with Cardo. Yeah, they said they were either trading Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell, not both of them. No, I know, that, you, I know that. Oh yeah, 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 I know that. But I'm saying they don't. I'm, what I meant by that was Utah. They don't have any trade assets besides Don Mitchell now. Well, they, so, I know. I agree with you. I was saying you're right. And no, Devin yeah. said, eh, and I was like, no, they already came out and said. Because look, look, hear me, that, out, hear me out. Look, Utah just traded Rudy Gobert, which we're going to get into in a second. You know, yep. they, they got back four unprotected first-round picks for him. They got back a haul of players and Pat Beverly, um, sure. a couple of other people. But again, Brooklyn needs players. Everybody said they want. No, but that's, that's they what don't I said. just they, they got want back, picks. They got back a bunch of players too. There's a couple of pieces in there. That what players? Pat Beverly. What players, Devin? Pat Beverly's one of them. Pat Beverly's a superstar. You're not, <laughs> trading, on, you're not trading Devin. a superstar for a superstar. The Brooklyn Nets said they want picks and superstar talent. They're not. Pat Beverly is talent. not. Then they're not trading them. That's what they said. <laughs> Brendan, you know how many one-sided trades have we seen in the NBA? Like, oh. Like, but Devin, you have to understand for the Brooklyn Nets have literally said that they are taking the best deal possible because they need picks and superstar talent. They don't want just picks. So if you offer me three first round picks and Patrick Beverly, I'm smacking you in the face <laughs> and I'm hanging up Pat the phone. Beverly, it's gonna Devin, be like, I'm just saying. It's going to be a haul. That's Devin, why you but what does the haul include? I need some superstars. I, That's Devin, what Brooklyn Devin. has been saying. I agree with you if Kyrie Irving is gone. Because when Kyrie Irving is gone, now they're in sell mode. They're like, all right, we might as well fucking rebuild. Now Kevin Durant's value as far as trade value goes down just a little bit because now everybody knows that, all right, they're not not willing to keep him. Because with Kyrie opting in, if you can't find a a trade suitor for Kyrie, you're stuck with him. So now KD's KD's more likely to stay now. But with Kyrie gone... Now you can. Now they're probably going to start taking picks and everything like that because now they're trying to just get rid of the abandoned ship and sell the house. But here's the problem, guys. Y'all are still forgetting what I said earlier. Right now, before any trades, they have no first round picks. No, no. And two superstars and nobody else. If they trade away their two superstars, yeah, they will have. First round picks back. The problem is with no superstars, you will be stuck in a forever rebuild. No one wants to be in a ten year rebuild with a second year coach and no players. Though, if Kevin Durant doesn't want to play for your team, and KD says I'm not playing for you because, like, you trade. Let's say they do have a, a trade where a superstar, and then you give Kevin Durant back to like, let's just say like OKC or some shit, and he's like. But with OKC, say you had to give up Shea Gilgis Alexander for him. Now you're like, bro, now KD's like, I don't want to play here. I don't want to play for your team no more. So it's like you're not – superstars can control their own destiny now because they're like, 
they're really willing not to they're willing to say i'm not playing for your team mm-hmm. and nobody wants to trade for a player who doesn't want to be there right the problem is here's the thing brooklyn has already said they hear the teams that are on kevin durant's wish list but they're going to trade him to the best deal they have okay. honestly the team that i think has the most potential to get a trade done is the lakers and hear okay. me out Here's why. Right now, Russell Westbrook is being paid almost $50 million, which is soaking up cap room. He is a cap room vacuum right now, and can't, all he does is build houses. Let's be honest. Agreed. He's getting paid a quarter of a hundred, a quarter of a billion dollars, not even a billion dollars, I'm tripping. Right. He's getting paid $50 million to build a house, okay? Hey, we're going to need him for this housing shortage, you know? Yeah. in America, so... My thing is, like I was saying, if we get, if the Lakers trade Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook to Brooklyn for Katie and Kyrie, we're good. The problem is the Lakers don't have any first round picks, which is why it's going to have to be a three to four team trade. Yeah. Right, right. Because there's no team that has the cap room, the picks, and the superstars. Exactly. They were talking about Toronto could be a dark horse to get him. Oh, okay. I like KD in Toronto, even though he probably won't like it. But I like KD in Toronto because Toronto got Toronto got some pieces to offer too, and they got the culture. You know, they yeah. they, they got a winning culture there. Like even before they won a championship, they were always, you know, they until they ran into LeBron, they were always uh, like a perennial team. Like they they really built something over there that that I think you know, and him and Van Vliet together wouldn't step on each other's toes. And then you got Scotty Barnes, which would probably be one of the people that would get traded. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say that. Him or, him or Pascal. Him or Pascal or OG. I, but to get KD and Kyrie or even just KD, they're going to have to get off Van Fleet and Pascal. No, they just re-signed Van Fleet. He ain't going nowhere. He's retiring hey, in Toronto. Sign and trade, big dog. And Pascal, if I can keep Scotty. Scotty Barnes is like that. He's gonna be tough. I think Pascal I'm just saying right. to get Kevin Durant, they're gonna have to come up with come off of two of those three players. You're right. Whoever right. the two are, it don't matter. But two of them are are going to Brooklyn. It's gonna be Pascal yeah. and Scotty. They're not getting rid of Van Vliet. He's gonna be the piece that they're gonna build around. Like, cause same with Utah, how they swear they're gonna try to build around Donovan Mitchell, even though we know they're lying through their teeth. Like, but yeah, you know. Rudy Gobert. Now let's get to that. Let's 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 get to that. Rudy Gobert really said it's me or him, and they said fine, we'll take him. <laughs> you know, and, and, and they said thanks. Thanks. You know, my my thing with Minnesota is I don't like this trade for them at all because from a basketball side of things, he I just cool. Yeah, you know, three time defense player of the year. You ain't getting shit on them inside the paint. But I'm going to tell y'all what. Small ball lineups are going to eat them alive. Um, unless they, I, unless they uh, just kind of sign Rudy. I actually like it because... You got go ahead, Carp. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say they either sign Rudy for trade bait or they plan on getting somebody else because, I mean, unless you, you're not going to pay Rudy all that money for him to come off the bench and you're going to play Hitman Cat. You're going to play Cat at the four. He is. I mean, yeah. Cat just re-signed his deal. Cat gets to be a true four now. I guess what he wants. And you know he wants Remember, to be that stress. Carl, 
Carl Anthony Towns didn't want to be a center. He wants to be a true stretch four. He's already called himself the greatest three-point shooting big man in NBA history. Why would you force somebody that swears that that's who they are to play the five all game? But my my other side of it is trading them picks away. Minnesota, see, is if you're a true championship contender, you absolutely trade away picks because don't nobody give a damn about picks. We're trying to win championships. We're not we're not worried about a building for the future anymore. Minnesota ain't there yet. But I'm not gonna lie, Devin. Anthony get, Edwards. Get the picks now. Anthony Edwards at the two. D'Angelo Russell at the one. Anybody can play three with Carl Anthony Towns at the four and Rudy Gobert at the five. That's not a that's not a bad lineup. It's not. not it's, it's not championship. Who are they beating in the West? Are they beating Golden State? Are they beating? They could be LA. Are they beating Memphis? They could. They could be. Remember, they could. the problem the problem that Minnesota had this year they had no defense. Yeah, that's true, but. Now you have a three-time defensive player of the year where you're locking up the paint and you're just asking your small guys to to play decent on the perimeter. You only have to play good. Just play decent on the perimeter because nobody's coming in the paint on us. But this the, the modern-day NBA ain't nobody coming to the paint anyway. Bro, Anthony Edwards is a problem. <laughs> he is. He is a problem, but I'm saying he's still not. I don't know if he's there yet. Like, I don't know, unless he takes a John Morant. But now back. that you add Rudy Gobert, he doesn't have to be there. Rudy Gobert might three. be the most overrated defensive player of the year. <laughs> <laughs> don't nobody in the NBA respect him? Not even Anthony. It's NBA. not even. <laughs> it's not even about if they respect him or not. It's about the fact that now you're taking pressure off of Cat and, and Anthony Edwards. But I'm like because. All Rudy Gobert has to do is give you 10 to 15 points and play defense. Call Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards will take care of the rest. And then maybe D'Angelo Russell gets hot a couple games. Maybe whoever starts three gets hot a couple games. And your role players play well. That's the formula. You want two perennial stars with a good, solid B player that could potentially become a star. And a bunch of good role players. So they have the formula. It's just a matter of are their players going to put it into practice. And, that's the and I, I think, think they, they could. I don't think they will. If they're not. I don't think they're ready. Like unless Anthony Edwards takes a John Morant level bounce in year two, where we saw because even Morant and them they're ahead of schedule. They weren't expected to be what they the number two seed in the West and a game away from being in the Western Conference Finals. They weren't expected to do all that this year. It's just John Morant is that dude. Is Anthony Edwards that dude? Right now, I don't know if he is yet. He will be one day. I don't know if he's there right now. He's he's he's. It's closer than you're giving Anthony Edwards credit for. I'm not saying he's at John Morant's level, but he ain't sweet either. Because the one thing that Anthony Edwards has that John Morant doesn't have yet is a jump shot. Uh, John got a decent jump shot. Yeah. You said what? I said it doesn't have to be now. Rudy Gobert. The type of style that Rudy Gobert plays, his style is he's going to be efficient for for the next four to five years, three to five years. Um, so, and Cat, his talent isn't really going to go anywhere, especially if he doesn't have the bruise in the paint. So they got time. I don't think. I think the move now that you brought that to my light, Brendan. I think the. I, in my opinion, at least, I think the move for future than any short term because I mean they're not. I don't. Do I think they're going to be anybody in the West next year? No. Year after that, 
possibly depending on the league that Anthony Edwards can take. And that's what I'm saying. When you trade four first-round picks away, that's you, that's you telling your team, we are ready to win right now. I don't think Minnesota's ready in the Western Conference with Dallas and Phoenix and Golden State. I don't think Minnesota is anywhere near any of those three teams. That's true. Dallas is going to go down a little bit. Well, though, yeah, Dallas is kind of overrated. Right. They got rid of them. But... I'm just giving them respect because they were in the finals last year. But I, I just I don't know if Minnesota is there yet. And they making moves as if they are. Or but they are. my problem with Dallas is they don't have no defense and they keep trying to play ISO ball with Luka. Yeah, they basically Luka's a slow so, James Harden. I said that on Dallas, I don't respect the Dallas Mavericks until they get better on defense and they realize that them winning a championship is not going to be on the shoulders of Luka Doncic. Somebody is. else is going to have to step up. No, they no, no, not, it has to be on the shoulders of Luka. That's kind Devin, of why he's there. Name the last team in the last 12 years that won with one player, that where one player beat an entire team, and it wasn't aided by injury or anything like that. I mean, you could argue that... Even Jordan had to learn that you're not going to win a championship by yourself. You said the last 10 years? Yes. Dirk Nowitzki beat the big three by himself. No, he didn't. He did. He had Jason Kidd. Who was trash. And, no, he wasn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. And I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to side with. Side with Devin on that one. Dirk beat that team only by himself. Because LeBron was a le- only because LeBron was an ass in that series. But yeah, he kind of did beat him by himself because he did have a good supporting cast. Don't get me wrong. They played defense. They moved the ball. But when it came, when push came to shove, Dirk was dropping thirty on them on their head consistently. You're right. Dirk was dropping thirty on the head consistently. But if you watch the highlights from that finals. They were playing good defense and moving the ball. To Dirk. No one person, it wasn't just to Dirk. Dirk just happened to have 30 points. I'm just saying, if you put that Dallas supporting cast up against any of the last 10 championship winners, I promise you they lose in five games every time. They do. And to my point, you know what LeBron said about that finals? He underestimated the rest of the team? I don't know. Oh, no. He actually said he felt like the pressure was on him because of all the hype around that Miami team, and he had to do everything himself and didn't trust his teammates. That's his fault. But that still proves my point. You got two. You got a top 75 player in Brian, another one arguably in Dwayne Wade. Everybody says Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer. I don't believe it, but everybody says he is. On the team, you got Birdman, you got Mike. Uh, what's that boy's name? Mike, uh, the guy Miller. Miller. Yeah, there you go. Shane Battier. I mean, you got. All right, but listen to this because now you about to frustrate me. Listen to this, Birdman, bro. Come on. What are all? Yeah, you named Birdman and Mike Miller, really? But let's be as role let's players. Everybody can't be a superstar. It doesn't matter. Let's be real. All those names you just named don't matter if one player thinks he has to do it himself and tries to do it all himself. Well, Dirk did it all himself. He did it. Okay. Go watch the highlights before you talk to me about it. Because at this point, we're not talking basketball. We're talking stats. And basketball is more than stats. It is. And it's almost like when Cam Newton won a championship at Auburn by himself. It's the same thing with Dirk. So now you're comparing football 
to basketball. No, it's the same thing. He he won by himself. He had he had some guys do some stuff, but he was clearly if Dirk doesn't put up the Herculean effort that he puts up, all of the other guys and their great contributions wouldn't have mattered. He he had to go superhuman. That's all I'm saying. And all I'm saying is if LeBron doesn't try to do everything himself that series, they sweep doubts. Yeah, Let's yeah. be real. I guess. I mean, we saw it. Let's be year. real. The next year they won in five, so. Let's be real. If LeBron doesn't try to take matters into his own hands and do everything on his own in that finals, Dallas is lucky if they win one game that series. But that's 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 not like one of your regular ifs. Like, oh, if so-and-so was healthy, they would have won. This is different. If Brian I'm not saying it's crash, an if, but it still proves my point that until... And if the greatest player in the history of basketball had to learn this, what makes you think it's going to be different? Even Kobe Bryant said the same thing about James Harden. He said James Harden is probably one of the greatest scorers of all time, but he will never win a championship until he stops playing that ISO me ball. So is Luka Doncic better than LeBron James and James Harden? He's literally James Harden if he was white. I've said it before. Doncic is a... My friend said that he was like, Doncic is just a Slovenian James Harden. Everything that James Harden does... I Luka think y'all give Doncic too much credit. No, Luka's game is the same as Harden's. It's just because he's European, everybody loves it, meets it up, and while they kill James Harden for it, but it's the same... And they kill, they kill Dallas for it because every year in the playoffs, they get bounced out. Yeah, I never said because, Dallas winning anything. But you guys are still arguing my point. You literally said... If Dallas is going to win an NBA Finals, it's going to have to be on the shoulders of Luka Doncic. That is direct contradiction to my point that I've been trying to make this whole time. No, I'm saying they're not winning without him. Like, if he if he has a terrible series, the rest of that supporting cast ain't good enough to do it without him. You're right. But again, one player is not beating a team with a ball-passing mentality. Oh, yeah, of course not. No. I never I'm, said that. I'm, you literally just... Okay. All right. No, I'm just saying. He he has to be I'm the best player out, on the team. I'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> he got to be the best player on the team. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know how we got If that's get... your point, then there was no point in us having this conversation. Because yeah, I, I literally said, it's not about who's the <laughs> best player on the team. It's about the best player on the team understanding he can't do it himself and stop trying to do it himself. Luka Doncic tries to win playoff games by himself. The coaches try to win playoff games with just Luka Doncic because all they run is ISO ball. Yeah, I mean, but if Michael Jordan had to learn that ISO ball is not going to win you a championship, everyone has to learn it. Yeah, but Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant. Michael Jordan. Now, Michael Jordan got Scottie Pippen. If he never gets Scottie Pippen, you think he's going to learn how to stop playing ISO ball? If, yes. If you, if there's yes. nobody else on the team worth for passing the ball to. You give yes. Luca, give Luca yes, KD because or Kyrie. Like you never know, Devin, You never know if your teammates are going to step up if you don't give them a chance to. Give Luca KD and, or Kyrie, and, Steve and Kirk. the ISO ball will if stop. If you ever get the chance to meet him, if you ever get the chance to meet him, interview Steve Kerr or watch the last dance over again and listen to all the segments with Steve Kerr when he talked about Michael had to learn to trust his teammates. It wasn't just Scottie Pippen. So even if Scottie Pippen didn't go there, he was still going to have to trust his other teammates. Yeah, I, I get that. And I'm saying that give Luka, KD, or Kyrie, and I promise the ISO ball will stop. Give him a second option other than 
Spencer Dinwiddie or Jalen Brunson, and I promise you, he will learn how to play with other teams, with other teammates. Until then, I don't know. They'll be a great regular season team and just won't do nothing. I think it's 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 easy enough, like, oh, you know, we, we can say all we want that he has to learn to play with his teammates, but if he don't got no teammates that really are worth playing with, it's going to be very hard to convince him otherwise. Okay, but let's be real. Before Jordan got Scottie Pippen, who were his teammates? Exactly. No, actually, I asked that question wrong. No, you asked the right question. When, no, no, I didn't because I wasn't finished. When he was before, when Jordan got Pippen, before they got Dennis Rodman and all those other role players they got, when it was just Jordan and Pippen, no one knew those other players. And even Steve Kerr talks about it. Jordan had to learn to trust his players. But even when he had Scottie Pippen, he wasn't really passing the ball to Scottie Pippen at first. Right, because he wasn't used to having a guy that he could pass the ball to. He had to learn how to step aside. And every great player, had, like you said, Kobe had to learn it. LeBron definitely had to learn it. Well, not so much LeBron had to learn it. It was just... They had no, to LeBron had to learn it because that's what cost him that final versus Dallas. Well, then, yeah. But, yeah, like you said, everybody had to learn it. But I think with some of these guys, especially LeBron, in his case, when you drag Booby Miles to the NBA Finals, yeah, you got to learn how to pass the ball. Like, it's the same thing with Jordan. If you weren't used to playing with a guy that you could pass the ball to, of course it's going to be a process to figure out how to learn how to do it. And that's what I'm saying with Luka. Until he gets a guy on his team that is at least equal, if not better than him, I just think it's going to be hard to convince him to pass the ball if it's like, oh, well, if I pass, we don't win. You well, then in that somebody, case... You got to get him somebody. In Mark Cuban's case, you got to get him somebody that is going to be like, okay, this makes sense. Y'all, I hear what y'all saying about this pass and stuff. This dude's pretty good. Let's give him a chance. Like, until you get that guy, I don't know if he's just going to be so open to doing it. But that stuff starts in practice, though. And my thing is, if he doesn't learn it, he becomes, like you said, he's literally James Harden, but white. And the one thing I will say is Jordan has learned it, learned it in practice. Because, again, to the point I was making earlier, how do you? How can you give your your teammates a chance to show you they can make shots if you never pass them the ball? That's true. That's true. Because if that was the case, everybody would go, "We're just going to quadruple team Jordan, and he's not going to pass the ball, and we're going to beat them by eight because no one else is going to get the ball." I get it. I get it. I get. It. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Like, yeah, we we all agree he will have to pass the ball more. It's just a matter of who he's going to be passing to, and we're about to find now. Out. Now, I will say for sure, Dallas is cooked. Could. Because they won't put Could. nobody around him. Well, no, like, to your point. They're trying to trade for Kyrie. Apparently, they're being real aggressive about trying to get Kyrie. I don't know how he'll react to being in Texas because we know Kyrie. Um, if he if he if he's feeling any type of like, especially when it comes to his social justice and, and that side of things, Kyrie don't play. Literally, like he won't play. No, you're if right. He don't feel like it. So plus, I don't think like I think the only players. <laughs> He gonna that go to Kyrie Dallas. is willing to play second fiddle to are LeBron and Kevin Durant. Exactly. I don't think he's willing to play second fiddle to anyone else. So I don't even think he wants to go to Dallas. No, but that's my point. He's going to go to Dallas and him and Ted Cruz going to be beefing and then he's just not going to play for the rest of the season. Like, that's some shit I can see happening. 
and I wouldn't hold it past him. But I think Luca, I think him and Luca could somewhat. I mean, it's on the court. I think they'd hate each other off of it, but I'm sure they could coexist on the court. I'm sure they could. I agree. You know, but we gotta move on because we'll be talking about free agency forever. Much like Dallas, this next segment is dedicated to the people that played themselves. You know, people that probably should have just sat down and ate their food. And honestly, I got to tell you, imagine you won the Prison Talent Show in Rikers Island for the last three years running. And now you learn that R. Kelly is coming to your prison. I thought they were shutting Rikers Island down. Whether it's Rikers, wherever it is, this man, R. Kelly, is going to jail for a long time. He got sentenced to 30 years and that's just in the city of New York. He still has his cases in Chicago and a couple of other places that are still pending. So this man has 30 years in waiting. He might get a bunch of concurrent sentences. This man ain't never seen the light of day ever again. And nor should he. You know? He got 40 years? 30. 30. 30 years. years. In one case. He still has like four or five other he cases. He still has pending. four pending cases and he's already got 30 in New York. Chicago is just a liability if he gets if he, oh we're gonna sentence you to life well gee thanks you know like, um, it's just like but I just imagine imagine being the prison talent show winner and you got to deal with R Kelly imagine yeah you're not beating him you're not beating him you're not beating him he gonna kill it he gonna be like oh that was nice my turn. <laughs> he's gonna sing all of his all of his singles that he dedicated to the little girls he was sleeping with, and yeah. So, especially they wild out and say the winner of the talent show get year uh, years taken off their sentence. Mm-hmm. He's gonna rack it uh, up. He's gonna sing for his life. Yeah, you know. But, <laughs> you know. But, he said, "How much?" He's gonna be in that joke <laughs> ten years from now. Talking about he's a ten time all prison, <laughs> all state. <laughs> That man is never getting out. He is never. He's on the all decade inmate squad. The all decade inmate squad. You know what else, though? Whoever wins that competition, and they're probably going to have to switch over to sports, but then imagine that you learn Miles Bridges is coming to a city near you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because he's acting a fool, too. This man, Miles Bridges, is crying out for help. What, I don't know what is wrong with him. They say they say uh, that person that tweeted MB, uh, uh, sports players or athletes aren't in the trenches no more, and he said just be saying anything. He said was, he felt that that was a direct challenge, and right. he took it personally. <laughs> I'm like, bro, the minute he started rapping, and y'all saw this band was rapping as if he was still in the Eight Mile in Detroit. You know, then he posting pictures of himself drinking lean and going lie to us and say, "Oh, it's lemonade." No, nigga, no, it's not. We know what lemonade looks like. You don't drink lemonade in a double cup. He going through it. You know, now he beating his wife up and traumatizing his children, which you know, that's just like unredeemable in my opinion. Now Charlotte has reportedly pulled; they're gonna pull the offer from him. This man is throwing his entire life away over stupid bullshit. This is ridiculous. What is going on in Charlotte? You got Miles Bridges beating up his wife. You got Montrez Harrell moving weight in Kentucky. Uh, you got Lamelo Ball dating forty-year-olds. It, it, it just what is what is going on? I see why Kenny Atkinson backed out every day. Michael Jordan is your, is your boss. Michael Jordan is your boss with his cheap ass. 
They rehired the same coach that didn't do shit for the last ten years. You know, like it, it just what is going on in Charlotte? Well, I ain't gonna lie though. When the coach they wanted backed out and decided to stay with the Celtics, uh, that's kind of well, the Warriors, but yeah, the Warriors. I meant the Warriors. Yeah, that that kind of throw a wrench in my. I mean, my it, plans it too. would, but you telling me, Steve? I still wouldn't double here? back though. I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't double back. You gonna spend the block like, on your ex that wasn't shit? Well, I guess that makes sense. Never mind. People do that. Okay. Okay. No, never mind. Yeah, Jordan is cheap. Too. <laughs> If it ain't gambling, he ain't spending. He ain't spending no money. So yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just that Charlotte, man. I tell you, I ain't know Charlotte was the trenches <laughs> until this year. It's really the trenches over there. Yeah. Here, and you should have seen it. Remember the playoff game when he's ready to fight a ref? Had that look in his eye. He did that shit. He guilty as hell. And he going to jail forever. So if you in a if you in Rikers Island. Or if you down in North Carolina at Angola Prison or wherever, whether it's Miles Bridges, R. Kelly, Carl Malone, if they ever caught him, you know, like it, it, you just, you just, you just, you gotta let. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I'm playing you for your heart. No, no, big fella, no, you're not. You know, like. You say if I first shot, get the, the swing up, first. Yeah. If first shot, get the, the swing up, first. Shit is wild. That, that is some, some wild shit, bro. They, they, they just out here crazy getting, you know? But we're going to move on to more positive stuff, you know. Um, next segment is called uh, Well Played, and it's dedicated to the make you feel good stories because there's a lot of ridiculousness in the sports world. We got to shout out to people that are getting their money. Terry McLaurin got paid, you know? Yeah, it's about the job. best thing going on in D.C. right now. Because clearly the owner don't know what the hell he's doing. You know, so it's, it's about time that Terry McClellan got his money, you know? Terry, Terry. You know, best receiver in the NFC East. You know? Yeah, yeah no, nah, he is, he is, he is. Yeah, CD, CD can get there. I'm not saying he's not. Oh, no. I wasn't even talking about CD. I was- Think about AJ Brown. Oh no, he's better than him. He's he is better than AJ right now. Per, yeah, because they're in the same receiving class, so it's like you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They both up there. Yeah. Yeah, now CD not there yet. He's to me CD CD has to prove to me he's a number one. Um, he's a I think he was a great second option, but now it's, now he's going to be you know the number one guy. So it's going to be interesting to see if his production increases stays the same or if he decreases but it's better for the team because i think james washington the dude that we signed from the steelers i think he's going to have a breakout year dang i forgot y'all signed him yeah that's that's crazy pittsburgh wouldn't pay him that's kind of crazy that's kind of wild but well from his point of view they have a bigger great job of recruiting receiver talent so i would probably let him go anyway they just signed george pickens and i think he's going to be he's What's his name? I say he's going to be that dude. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. from George, he's going to be nice. So I think they, I think they kind of always hit the jackpot with receivers. And they got Calvin Austin from Memphis, who is oh they like did a gadget dude. Yeah, I think hey. they're going to do some things with him too. So my thing is like though, with this 2019 receiver class, you got Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, 
Debo Samuel and DK. DK Metcalf all in the same class. Right. Debo and DK are the ones still waiting for their money. That's hilarious to me. <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy what's going on with Debo. But, you know, shout out to Terry because at least it gives Washington fans something to look forward to because clearly their owner would rather be playing, you know, playing uh, duck and dodge with the U.S. government. <laughs> and, uh, I ain't never seen no shit like this ever in my life. When is enough enough? When is enough know. enough? When are they going to be like, you know what, we've had enough of this dude. We're going to get him up out of here. Yeah, shouldn't they make him? I mean, because Carolina, when the racist comments came out, they made that they made him sell the team. So. Well, no, they didn't make him. He voluntarily sold it because it was during an era of like, that the the Me Too stuff was happening, and so it came out that he was sexually harassing employees. Like, it was a it was an under pressure thing. It wasn't like one of those like, oh, we can look the other way real quick. Yeah, like it was right in the middle of the Me Too era. Like, yeah, no, they would have lost everything if they didn't make him sell that team. Facts. <laughs> so, so he sold the team voluntarily, even if they would have probably forced him out. So Dan is the one going down, kicking and screaming like, I ain't going nowhere. Y'all ain't making me go nowhere and whatever. But I'm wondering when, because we thought it was coming, because remember the reports, they were like, oh, owners are starting to have enough of his shenanigans. And if this yeah. thing is proven that he's stealing money from them, they might put him out. We saw those reports, and I still don't believe that until it happens. Gotcha. It's just crazy to me. When is enough enough? Never. The fans have had enough, clearly. You yeah. Know. Uh, I'm they bad. Before they had enough of him before the shenanigans came right. out. Yeah, no, we've been known about. You know, we, we told people about that. I'm Ravens flock technically. <laughs> you know, so it's crazy to me that that man could do that. But yeah, shout out to Terry though. At least on the field, we got some people we can root for. You know, give or take. So yeah, shout out to Terry. And with that being said, the last question of the day it is a holiday weekend 4th of July whether you celebrate or not we all love cookouts you know that's the one thing that we can agree on as Americans regardless of what food you eat at them we love cookouts and that's why I gotta ask if we had to put together a cookout starting five what do you put in there a cookout starting five dang What's your main dish? You don't have to put the whole five together. What's your main dish? Oh, no, I'm gonna put the whole five. I got you. Okay. Um, you gotta have you gotta have the the hand foods, you know. So you got it. So the hamburger and hot can hamburgers and hot dogs be together or are those separate? Yeah, no, they they can go together. It, it ain't like a member. Remember, we in a positionless era, so it's, it ain't like you gotta have a center <laughs> forward forward. And, you know. So. I gotta go with the glizzies and the and the uh, burgers. That's gotta be one. You gotta throw those on the grill no matter what. Um, also in the cookout, you gotta have some like you gotta have some type of salad. Either it's like a pasta salad, a macaroni salad, a tuna salad, tuna mac, whatever it is. You gotta have some type of that type of or pasta salad. You gotta have some type of salad there. So I'm gonna throw that on there as two. Then three. You gotta, uh, you know, we black, so you gotta have some type of some type of chicken. Gotta yeah. have some type, of and it's chicken. gotta be grilled. Usually, you ain't making it's, no baked chicken at the cookout. Yeah, nah, no bake, no bake, either grilled or fried or both. 
but it's got to be one of those two. Then um, I'm a baked beans guy. I got to get some baked beans in there. And then last but not least, dang, you got to throw the vegetables in it. But well, I, I'm more of an optional when it comes to vegetables at a cookout. I'm, I'm optional. Yeah. That's for, for me, though. That's just for me. No, I agree. That's why I was kind of thinking, like, dang, what vegetable would I choose? Because I ain't really got a go-to for real. Probably the green but. beans, you know, because they're the only ones you ever see is the green beans. You don't see no other vegetables. <laughs> nice. If you see broccoli at a cookout, you might want to walk away. You know, like, <laughs> unless it's not cooked. If it's, like, cold broccoli, then it's different. But, yeah, no, no. yeah. I, you know, me and the girlfriend were talking. She's a baked beans gal, so... Okay. You know, brown sugar, you got to have the brown sugar in there, you know. Oh, yeah. All oh, that, yeah. All sure. that good stuff, yeah. So, me, yeah. I, I, hot dogs and glizzies are in my, I mean, shoot, hamburgers <laughs> and glizzies, sorry, are in, are in mine. Um, I am a ribs and brisket type man, so I, oh, I yeah. have to, I have to, 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 to throw that in there. If we doing, I, I can really do an all five of meat, just meat to meat, you know, like <laughs> all five of meats. But I'm not gonna do that. So I put the ribs in there with the hot dogs and hamburgers. Then I'm a deviled eggs man. I love deviled okay. eggs. So all I right. put deviled eggs in there, and then we gonna bounce it out with a drink. You gotta get you them cold, like two liter cans or whatever of, yeah. of some Sprite, because you know Sprite be hitting like like you know and that like Sprite hit your throat and <laughs> fry your insides, you know. So, <laughs> and then we gotta get the desserts up in there, you know. You gotta get the oh, cookies and, and cake and all that stuff in there. So, no doubt, yeah, no, gotta have the sweets, gotta have the sweets, gotta have the sweets. But we've reached the end of another great episode. I want to thank y'all for joining me. You know, we was rapping and running. But it is 4th of July weekend, so America is musty. So if you don't celebrate, at least get some good food. we just here for the ribs anyway. You know. Yes. Um, shout out to y'all. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Don't, don't be like Jason Pierre-Paul and blow your hands off with fireworks. Yes, please be safe. You know, please be safe out these streets. Don't get arrested. Don't drink and drive. But have a good, have a good holiday. This has been the Play by Play Analysis Podcast. And we got to go. We will see y'all when we see y'all. Deuces.